Hey, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jason Christie of Words That Burn. How are you, man? Good, good. How are you? Very good, and welcome to the show. It is perfect timing, really, with G coming back from Bloodstock as well. Perfect, yeah, yeah. I was bugging you before. I was like, you know, we finally have some time just after Bloodstock. No better time to get in. Than, yeah, exactly, you know. man. And you've got a den of lines out as well, man. Congratulations on that, so... Thank you. Yeah, um, put it, we put it out on YouTube and uh, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but um, it's going on to all the streaming platforms on the, the 24th of August. Okay. Um, so it'll be on, you know, iTunes, um, Spotify, all the likes of it, you know. Nice. And I think the show will be out actually probably the week after that, I think it is. Cool. Um, but what was it like playing it over in Bloodstock? Crazy. Like coming from here with Everton so strict and, mm-hmm. you know, no, unsure of the last two years and um, me and the lads we got in the car we went to the hotel left off our stuff got to the gates you know got our bands and walked in and uh, Skindred was playing straight off the bat ah uh, yeah 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 yeah. And, is that the, you know, the lads with the fucking t-shirts is it or something yeah yeah <laughs> the, it was something helicopter yeah. Um, so we get there and we, we meet Oren and he brings us through and next thing you just see you know 20,000 plus Jesus. people um, it was just a different world being over there but uh as soon as the music kicked in and you see all the smiley faces, you know, it just made it feel like, you know, everybody was back, um, back where they should was be. You know? Was there a little tear gathered in the corner of the eye? Oh, there, was, <laughs> I, there was a couple of tears shed over the weekend, I have to say. Yeah, a few, few, few moments that really hit hard, like you, you'd be standing on a bandit kicking and you'd be like, holy shit, you know, I, I've for, you know, forgotten how much you enjoyed yeah, and just getting away and seeing all the people and, you know, those families, those, you know, friends, everything, seeing them all together. Yeah, talk about the prep uh, coming into Bloodstock for you, actually, as a band. Um, how many rehearsals did you get in? And Yeah, we got about, um, we, we were going for about two months. So as soon as we could kind of get in a room, we, we, we were back in a room together because um, essentially, like, we have, we had new songs in the making, like Den Alliance came out and we were like, we, we'd like to hit Bloodstock and play Den Alliance. So we, we were nervous about never play, uh, playing a new song live for the first time at a, at a big show. So we really hunkered in and we were doing maybe two at least practices a week for probably two months. Um, oh, great. And then we were like, screw it. We, we've a, we feel like fitting another one of our new songs into the set. It just fits the songs we had. And nobody's even heard about it before besides the people who went to that show. And we're just like, we, it really fitted. So we're like, you know, screw it. We'll, we'll learn it. We'll get it in there. And so we ended up going there with, I think it was about a seven song set and two of them were brand new. Then okay. Lions was one of them, and then uh, one was just an excu- exclusive for for Bloodstock. So we practiced hard, you know. Um, we even had, you know, Lauren came down with us one day, sitting through our sets because we had nobody even in a room with us for, yeah. you know, the last two years, let alone us being in the room two months. And so we had him down having eyes on us, seeing how the set was going. And yeah, we we were ready, but you're never sure how ready you are until you you set foot on stage, you know. Yeah, of course. And um, was it a 30, 35 minute set or what had you? Yeah, 30 minute dead. Yeah. Um, but it, it was like we got there and it was it was nerve wracking building up there because, you know, we're later on in the weekend. We were at like a 12 o'clock in the morning show. But uh, we got there and the crowds were great for the early morning bands that kind of mm-hmm. calmed our nerve. We had a lot of time backstage in our own area to kind of be ready, you know, get up on stage. We had, you know, more than enough help getting us up and down. So none of that stress of kind of getting up on stage yeah. and getting ready was there. We were very relaxed. So by the time we got on stage, it was, it was almost surreal. Like the, the 30 minutes went by in like five minutes. It was a flash, you know, yeah. um, you, you said about, you know, almost shedding a tear when it was surreal. Like it, it got to the last song and I heard the, 
you know, the intro track of the last song kicking in. And I was nearly like, oh man, it all hit me in there. And once it's like, we got through our set, we got on stage, two years of not playing, um, almost, you know, two, two years, um, all down to that little moment. And it goes by in a flash, but, wow. you know, it felt, felt amazing when you just get to there, you know? Mm. And what about the song selection for the set? Was it difficult to, I know you put in, as I said, two new songs, but like, how difficult was it for to put those other five songs or was there two or three that are obviously no-brainers? Yeah, the, there was a few. Uh, like, uh, we, we finished up on, on Riptide um, yeah. because that had been our, our most known. Yeah. Like, just before Bloodstock on Spotify, it was hitting about 80,000 listens, I think. So okay. that, that's a song people know. Um, yeah. It's the one that sounds the best. So we're like, that's a good ender. If anybody's there that's going to know us, it's a good one to go out on. So we finished off on that. Um, we had, uh, we started, we basically were like, what's our most heavy hitting songs? Because we're not probably the heaviest band. And that's that, that could have, could have been a very heavy crowd. You know, we have the more melodic bits, rocky yes. bits. Um, so we were, we were pretty conscious of like bringing a heavy set, but keeping it us as well. So, uh, we're in, when we're forgotten, um, I think that came out around 2018 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a fast song. There's a lot of heavy bits, you know, good for bringing in the crowd and, um, geez, what did we go into? Um, Death Grip, which is another single. Yeah. It was, it's one of our heavier ones. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we were looking at our heavier set, but we wanted to keep it very like us. Mm -hmm. um, and it was straight in, like, we, we had probably 10 seconds between songs. We wanted to give as many songs as we could. Of course. Um, yeah. Fit those two new songs in um, and then finish on one that people probably knew. And a lot of people did, did know. So it, yeah. it was cool to see some, you know, recognize a lot of faces. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, even from your um, perch, was there a few familiar faces in the crowd that you were? Yeah, like the, the Irish support all weekend was great. So you've seen all the mm -hmm. Irish heads come in. Like they're in straight away. The, the other Irish bands were in. Um, but, you know, there's a few, like we could see some old band t-shirts that we haven't had on the go in a long time. Wow. Um, some families coming in, you know, younger people wearing their t-shirts and stuff like that. So, And then, you know, over the weekend, you make a lot of friends and stuff too. So. You know, when you're going around promo and you're like, uh, we, you know, Orrin had printed us off stickers. There must be more burn stickers everywhere across the weekend. Um, All these I, things help, man, you know? Yeah, like that's that was my plan or like our plan for the weekend was just like get in, try get some people down to our show and kind of show them what we have. And um, the amount of people showing up with the stickers that we'd put around the weekend and so many lovely people we've made friends with, you know, either at their hotel or standing, you know, by a bar or something. Yeah. And people come down and check this out and they, we got like amazing support. And you could see that like with a lot of the Irish bands, you know, because there was so, a good few of us over this weekend and every show there was those same kind of group of heads in yeah. supporting everybody. What kind of merch did you bring over? We brought over merch in intent to put it on the stands and sell it. But um, it got to the weekend and I was just like, screw this. I, I don't feel like hogging out merch and selling it. I was just like, I just want to give it to people. So like, Anybody that was coming up to us and being nice and or came down and supported our show, you know, we were giving out the odd little thing, the, the stage crew that was with us. I brought down merch for them because they're hardworking and they nice love, one. you know, it's nice just to get a hat or something at the end of the day. They did it, helped us, you know, sound great and get on that yeah. stage. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of keep the merch for that, you know. Okay. We, we threw out a load of it at the end of our set. There was a few people um, asking us through the weekend where to get it. And I was just like, come down to our set and, you know, I'll, I'll give you it myself. Um, so... Nice. I'd rather have that the weekend. Um, so, yeah, ended up with a lot of people wearing Words of Burn stuff by the end of it, you know. <laughs> man, that it all comes, man. Uh, spread yeah. the word. Um, what about bands? Uh, you saw yourselves over there. Any ones that uh, left a lasting impression? Yeah, geez, it was 
jam-packed. Um, I didn't get time to see a lot of full sets, but I like, got to stand in for a lot of ones. Like, one that really stood out to me at the end, the band i never seen, was Green Lung. They're, they were amazing. Everybody's talking about them, man. That is yeah. damn interesting now you brought that up. And it might it wouldn't have even be the particular band like I would if I heard I'd go see, but um I ended up catching most of their set and I was blown away. Um Evil Scarecrow ended off tonight. That's yeah. just an experience and a half. Um yeah. but uh, like Devin, obviously we're gonna say the big ones like Devin, Judas Priest, um mm-hmm. Saxon, like they they're all phenomenal. Devin with his band that he'd never played with before, or just one night with. And so that what? was a re- really I didn't know that. Yeah, so he he only came over himself and he got an all English crew to play his show and do his, you know, working behind the scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, so, it, and he, they were playing, I think it was by request. So it was like scrappy young lad stuff. Okay. Um, oh my God. Everything. Yeah, yeah, cool. That was a, it was a real, real cool one. Um, so getting to see that, that was a big one for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, I, I got to see a few Irish bands like Baylor really killed it. The, yeah. Their set was one of my favorites. Um and uh like Green Stag, they were playing the same stage as us and they had the place jammed, you know. Had they really um, Green Stag, yeah? Yeah, Fair every to... every band I seen had a great crowd, it's like yeah. but uh, the, the Irish lads really pulled it in and they're playing solid sets too. Um who else stood out to me? Uh geez. Uh man, I mean it must have been uh, just a complete head fuck for you. Like I mean, like you go from like all of us, like for two and a half years where you see nothing you know you, yeah. you you watch your streams on your laptop or television and it's never the same obviously but then you're just thrown into the situation as a musician first of all and then as a yeah. fan and like <laughs> your brain must have been scrambling <laughs> like what it was crazy yeah like you'd have we had a few interviews over the weekend and people oh, of course, asking, like, the media as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. They'd be asking you like, what's your favorite band? And you're, you're trying to think it's just like, just getting to be here is, is amazing, you know? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like every band or a, any, um, every band I seen play, you could just see they were so thriving to want to get back out there. And then it went all the way, same to the fans and the people working there, like everybody just wanted to be there so much. So like just being standing about the crowd was even as fun as, you know, yeah, uh, as true. it could be. Yeah, and the weather held out, did it? Yeah, Jesus, great. We got there and it was like 24 degrees, 25 degrees. So great, we were pretty man. happy. Um, mm. It was a little bit of rain here and there on the Sunday, but not major. Um, and yeah, we were like, we were expecting kind of bad weather, but we were in a tent too. So you're kind of wavering. It's like, if it rains, do we get people in the tent? <laughs> if it's too good a weather, people are going to be outside. You're just like yeah. <laughs> thinking of all the things that could happen. But um, no, it was, the weather was lovely the whole weekend, which was perfect because yeah, no great, muddy man. feet and keeps enthusiasm up you know of course it does yeah absolutely i mean i the last time i was there was um oh it was around 2000 and maybe 16 i think 2016 2017 and it rained for the majority of that man it was fucking miserable it's <laughs> so tough we, yeah yeah so that was our fifth year there and then we decided we'd head to brutal assault in a czech republic man and it just was extreme. It was like 28, 29 degrees every day. And it was um, fantastic, you know, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, my tickets are still caught up in the whole um, renewal of brutal assault. So it should be, please God in 2022 at this stage. Um, so like yeah. they had to cancel Fingers it. Yeah. They had to cancel it for two years. And, and hence I was just thinking like anybody that stayed back here, Jace, like every one of us went through just such a fucking fit of depression. Now it was great watching all of you and oh, posting and stuff, but man, 
It was just really overwhelming the fucking sense of loss here in Ireland, as you know yourself. And uh, and it doesn't you could sense that over there. You you could sense that over there, like um, demented virus people, obviously that go over. Anyone you'd bump into, or especially the the media kind of talking about what it was like for us back home, because the Irish bands or the Irish scene got it very hard compared to a lot. Mm, Not that sure it wasn't very strict everywhere, but um, the, everybody was looking back. It's just like you, you nearly you could wish you could take everybody over for the weekend because yeah. we know it's still far off in our heads here at home. Like uh, it's just getting pushed back further and further and more uncertain. So like, mm. um, it, it was amazing to get over there, but even the sense of coming back and not having something like that to keep rebounding on was, that was heartbreaking as well. Like that's, that's another issue for you and and many more is the fact that you can see how good it was. Um, It was almost intoxicating, I would say. And then to come back and go, fuck's sake, like where is the the light at the end of the tunnel here? Um, And there's just more bad news coming through. Doesn't look like there's going to be live gigs at all indoor until next year. Now, I don't know how true that is or not. I only saw that today, but, Fuck that. Like, I mean, it's madness, something has yeah. to be done, you know, um, with respect to COVID and, you know, mask wearing and all that. But I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, but like, you, you know, like we, we went over that and those 20, 25,000 people and we had our tests on the way back and, on you know, you have your mm-hmm. tests on the way there and we're jabbed and stuff. And like, we came back negative and we were in a bloody field of 20,000 people. Yeah. Like, I know some people obviously get it and come back and ah, yeah. that's how it is, but it, it can happen with organization and, um, you see it like it, it's not even just you know the bands anymore it's the people who work in that life you know the crews and everything like exactly we, we had what there could have been 20 people then working at that stage where we were at and each one of them you could tell how happy they were to be back working and yeah. you, you, you forget you sometimes forget about how many is in the background of the whole thing it's a massive uh, organization you're right yeah absolutely yeah, so it's just it's so many people on hold when they, they really deserve <sighs> to just have something that, that they can hold on to you mm, know? yeah and as I said um just in Ireland, it's just a bit, a bit too much of scaremongering now at this stage and something really has to be done pretty fucking soon because otherwise we won't even have a scene with UK bands now. You named out Green Lung, you've got King Witch, you've got Dog Third, you've got Razor Sharp, Dead Lizard, all these bands we all know personally from touring Ireland. They all want to get over and fucking tour around, you know, Galway, Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Definitely, and yeah they just can't fucking get there and it's vice versa with the swap tours as well and you know I thought at this stage there would be some some kind of results just to kind of go okay so maybe November but Jesus Christ it's a bit scary now at this stage that there's nothing there for that it's it's very disheartening yeah like you'd like to know that there's something in the pipeline that we can all work towards because that that endless kind of working towards something to get pushed back is yeah. it's 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 impossible that's why you see so many you know bands and stuff dropping off and it's it's so understandable yeah. that bands are having such a hard time it's because like they don't know where they're at and they, they won't know until something definite's there you know yeah but um, i mean like again like there was a lot of bands that went over there yourselves um Grey Stag released a single Baylor released a single uh, The Crawling had one out earlier so we'll give a listen to Den of Lions here I'll give a listen to a clip of it and we'll just talk through it afterwards cool. I see you
Some fucking song, dude. Seriously, it's fucking class. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps just here, not end bit. <laughs> yeah, um, we we reviewed it last night in the forums. I suppose you don't know that, but um, Daniel, cool. Evan, and Joe, and we had Steve on as well from Grey Stag, and everybody gave it a massive thumbs up. Um, Deadly. Yeah, tell us the background behind the, the song itself and thought process with maybe lyrics and. Anything else you can add to it? So, yeah, apparently we don't have Roni because he knows all about the lyrics and the, the meaning yeah. and stuff. But um, the, all the songs kind of came from the same place. Like we, we, you know, same thing as ever. Like Shane kind of comes up with, up with his idea in his home studio. And obviously we're, we're going through lockdown. So we were trying to keep busy. We, we always try to keep writing as well. And um, Shane had been starting to really get into a, a couple of songs and, um, obviously we couldn't all meet up even if we were close by each other um, so we all just kind of started hunkering down and making our own home studios kind of good to go to send him ideas and we, we spent about a year maybe more back and forth in all these songs like I think we have about 10 of them okay. um, and um, they all kind of came through together like there was ones that were written just after our last album and there was ones that were coming out very fresh and when it got to about a year on we kind of you know, we had probably too many songs, so we started cutting down the ones that 
weren't just as strong. And then we were, we got to the point where it's just like, we have good songs. What do we want to do? So we started thinking about production, where do we want to go? Mm-hmm. We talked to a lot of interesting producers that were working with bands we liked. And we ended up with a uh, Josh Schroeder, um, really, really cool guy. Like, um, we out of all the interviews, he was one of the guys that really felt like, you know, one of us and he got the sound we we're going for and the ideas. And, you know, he, uh, because of lockdown, like we had so much time. So we had time to like try out different sounds. He was a really great eye for that. Like pushing, if we had influences or sounds that we weren't maybe trying out as hard, mm-hmm. bringing us into those mindsets. And, um, and were you so a fan we, of uh, his work as well with King? Yes, yeah, so big, big, big time with uh, King of Ten. Like yeah, there was yeah. a load of bands. Um, I when we were looking around producers, I tried to not like look at any of their music. <laughs> and um, so when we had the interview with Josh, I was like, okay, what what does he actually do? Because I knew he um he worked with a Virtue, a band that came to Ireland years ago, and we had a few shows with them. Um, okay, all right. And they they had recommended him in the past. We we're like, you know, we had a, his name written down, and uh, did the interview, and it went so well. Like he he just he just clicked with us very well, and. Afterwards, I looked it up and I was just like looking through his back catalog and I was like, that's my playlist on Spotify. It's nearly all it. Yeah, it's like most of the bands he'd worked with. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be cool, you know? Yeah. So um, we worked back and forth with him for a good while. And, you know, when it came to picking like the song Dan Alliance, it's just like we we couldn't pick. Um, we, we have 10 songs there that we, we put out as singles. And we we're just like, Dan Alliance is the most straight in there. This is what we're doing. A bit of a taste test for what it is, you know. Mm. It, ha- it has elements of our old stuff, but it has a little bit of a flavor of what's going to come. And um, we, we just said, we, we actually couldn't pick which song, you know. We still can't pick which is the next song is, you know. Every day we're chatting, it's like, what could the next one be? And it's, you know, four different answers because we're just we're excited about every one of them, which is kind of rare when we're coming up to, you know, 10 bulk of songs because usually you have your few that you're like, these yes, are Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, we won't. We walked away from this with 10 songs that were like, geez, can we do 10 singles, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. and I mean, it's it sounds so fresh, yet, it's, yet there is words of born in it. This personality is there, but there's, there's some new elements as well coming in, which are a bit fascinating. Um, and fucking Ronnie knocks it out of the park vocally-wise. As always, yeah. Um, I definitely can hear the progressions in his voice in the albums. Like, it's, it's getting very mature. I think even with this one, it's just like we... With our, our last album, it could have been a bit more in the metalcore genre. And this time we were kind of conscious about being maybe genre specific. We we're just like, we'd like it to sound, you know, like a metal band, like a rock and roll band, but it doesn't have to sit in any of these really genres anymore. So because no, some of the songs doesn't. will be a bit, some of the songs will have a bit more, you know, electronic feel or maybe a poppy structure, but then some of them are going to be heavy as it gets, you know, for us. Yeah. Um, so we just wanted to push the boundaries across the board, really. Yeah, I mean, when you do that, it's interesting in so far as the way the world is going now with Spotify, that it is an album per se with 10 songs. But I mean, the way people just pull apart albums and put them on the playlist now, it is important to have a good uh, bit of variety in that 10 songs as well, you know? Definitely so, yeah. And the we're getting, I think, past that era of bands you know, sounding like each other, like everybody, I think is start with, especially with the time away from being, you know, on the gigging circuits or certain things, just like everybody's mm-hmm. starting to think, you know, like, how should I sound like coming through this? Because you go on Spotify and you could have a thousand songs on a playlist that are sonically the same, yeah. um, or, you know, the vocals are tuned to the last. And we're, we're very conscious about that. It's like, you know, we wanted the vocals and stuff to be very natural. Like they're not, you know, you know, crazy auto-tuned or anything like that. Ah, or yeah. we, we, we wanted the the guitar tone was the guitar tone, you know, our guitar player came up with in his studio, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to be as natural as possible because how things are nowadays, you want that little unique element to, and then start touching the bases that bring in those people that you're interested in, you know, maybe listening to your music. So, And as a drummer, Jace, how did um, Josh help you? He's a drummer himself. So, is he really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, so that, that was just a start. <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting because obviously we had to figure out how to do it in, in not a great studio. So we w- went through a mixture of doing things like me recording live takes here with my microphones, like the, the joys of having computers and technology. You can write parts with your computer. You know, we, we did everything we could to make the best parts for those songs. Um, and then Josh, like he... He, uh, I thought, it, you know, he the way he was on about, like he's he's a drummer himself. He's like, I'm going to be so critical, and I'm going to go to Revan with a fine tooth comb, yeah, fine tooth comb. comb, yeah. And yeah, so but when he came back to us, he was just like, no, I love what you did, and I love these parts, and I wanted, you know, this section how exactly you did it, and to that also, you know, it was great because uh, working with him, I was just like, if I'm going to get pushed or if I'm going to get criticized or learn something, you know, he's going to be a guy that could definitely do that for me because mm-hmm. with these albums, I, you know we want to play good music, but we want to learn how we can get better. You know, what parts I couldn't think about writing, you know, especially from an outsider's point of view, you know, how could I make that song better? And coming from a drummer, you know, I definitely was going to respect whatever he was going to say. Absolutely. um, When it came to the drums and stuff, he was very just loved what we did and tried to enhance what we had. So um, he talked a lot more about, you know, the sound and the feel than really what notes and stuff we're going for. And that was always the way it's like, whatever felt natural is usually the best thing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, were there some specific songs now that like couldn't be worked out without rehearsal? We didn't get to rehearse any of them. Yeah, uh, this is we, this is what I'm fascinated with. Like, it's just like what the hell? So, yeah, so we uh, like that thing, like uh, putting it down lines, and we had we were putting it out, but we'd never played it together, <laughs> you know. And then we were like, we're going to play this for the first time at Bloodstock. And we were like, is it madness or is it a great idea? It's like, if you pull it off, it's a great idea. But if you don't, mm. you should have probably spent more time with it in the practice room. So like we have 10, you know, we can play two of the songs and there's eight more for us to learn still. So that's what we get to do now. We get to sit down and learn them. And there is things you change when it comes back to playing it live. Like, especially in a drum sense, there might be something that's kind of better for the album sort of sending thing or there's like exactly. a bit more comfortable for live and same lives, yeah. singing or and um so like when it comes to playing it live we're still going to do our, our live take on it you know everybody does that with all their live songs but um yeah we still have to we still haven't played even some of them together mm-hmm. um we've barely been in a room listening to them together yet you know <laughs> and uh did you get any new kit over lockdown yes uh, i bought a new snare drum um okay. i i oh no, i don't have it here with me but uh, i got a lovely um so I've been playing a Joey Jordan signature for most mm. of my gig in life. Because um, Mason snare drum for metal. Um, and uh, I, I just love the tone of it. And then over lockdown, I started, because we're not gigging, we weren't practicing. I started doing a lot of covers and playing like okay. music I wasn't into. So I was just like, I have a Joey Jordan snare and it's quite metal. And I have a tune to sound very metal. It's like, I'd like something a bit more classic and rock and roll. I love playing rock and roll stuff. So. Yeah. I got a, a lovely DW, uh, like a maple custom snare, big green sparkly thing, so it looks class on stage. Um, yeah, and uh, so it, it was a lovely expensive thing, but it's it's amazing. I played actually for the first time at Bloodstock there. You actually and, brought it uh, with you, cool. Yeah, I was like, I wanted to bring the Joey because like, you know, obviously he passed away. It's like, I know, it's nice, man. It, it's, a nice, it's a nice homage to maybe bring that along. And then, but I've been practicing on that snare, the whole my new one the whole way through the lockdown. It's like my hands are used to it. 
Yeah. Um, I was just like, I didn't want to risk it. And, you know, it was already a risky night going on stage. So it's like whatever I'm most comfortable with. And uh, yeah, I brought that one on and just a little recordings and stuff I had back. I'm so happy I did because it sounds, you know, bloody beautiful. Right. Um, but that, nice. was, that was kind of the main thing for me over lockdown. Um, probably bought more guitars than I did drum stuff. So. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the way. Yeah. And what, where were you buying them? Tolman and a few of those places or? Oh, anywhere. I, I love finding, you know, old unloved guitars and taking them in. You, you know, you see them sitting in some person's, you know, old back room and you're like, oh, I could give that some love. And you take it and it sits <laughs> in your room and you don't play it too, you know? Um, no, and you know, like, um, actually over lockdown, you know, me and my, the, my girlfriend, we went in to get lunch in a shop and there used to be a, a, a music shop where it was. Uh, it might still be there. Where are you living, Jason? Are you living in... Uh, I'm in Monaghan, uh, Carrickmacross ah, in Monaghan. Okay, so didn't know like, that. Okay. Like, like South Monaghan. Yeah, everybody right. thinks we're, done, we're all Dundalk because the lads are from Dundalk. So. I know. And uh, fuck it, of course, uh, in the forums then last night, I said, uh, Dublin's worth that burn. And I just <laughs> went, fuck it, Dundalk. <laughs> yeah. Anytime we're abroad, it's Dublin, you know, it's, it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows uh, Carrickmacross, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, you're, what is it, in a cafe, is it? Yeah, so uh, we, were, we were over in, uh, actually in Blackrock, and uh, there was a, okay. a, music show, a music store, I, I bought my first drum kit, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I hope it's still there. So we went in and seen it was a cafe, so me and the girlfriend go in to get lunch, and we see the music store still at the back, and I walk in, and there's this bloody lovely Ibanez guitar sitting in the back of the shop, and, you know, I've been thinking about, it's, you know, it's locked down, I'm not going to be playing drums as much, maybe I'll get a guitar, spend a bit more time, and yeah, then, you know, bought lunch and bought a guitar. Um, <laughs> that's what you do in the middle of lockdown, keep yourself sane. <laughs> oh, that's classic, man. Now that we brought up Dundalk, um, listen, for anybody that doesn't know about the history of words that born, Jason will give us a brief uh, story of how he got together, man, and then we can tick that box. <laughs> yeah, so the band's going about 10 years uh, now, I believe the... Jair and Ronan, the um, singer and bass player, they, they had um, a few bands previous to this and they came on towards the burn. So they, they were originally a three-piece. Um, a guy called Pork Duffy, amazing drummer, he was playing with them at the time. Okay. And um, a few years on, I think it was maybe two, three years afterwards, the burn came to life. Uh, Shane joined just when they were putting out that first EP, Prey. Okay. Um, and then they, I think it was a year or two after. I'm, I'm in the band about seven years, so... Right. Uh, their, their previous drummer left and uh, I auditioned. I was in like an indie rock and roll sort of thing. Right, um, okay. And I had I had opened for Words That Burn a few nights in my hometown and they, they started playing some cool music and I, I always wanted to be in a metal band. So I was watching their shows. It came up that they needed a drummer. So I auditioned for it. I was, uh, you know, 18 at the time. They were all quite a bit older than me. So um, it was nerve-wracking going in, but we, we gelled. Uh, and so we're going together about six, seven years, I think now we're all together. Um, we put out a single early on, then we put out um, Regrets for the Dead by 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, just talk to me about that, actually, because um, you, were, you worked with Jonathan Mazio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, how, did he, how did he come into the sphere? So when we, we started get going after our first single, um, we got in contact with the label Wormhole Death at the time. Ah, uh, Wormhole Death, yes. Of yeah, course, yeah. that's Carlo. Yeah, yeah. So we worked with mm-hmm. them um, at the time and they were they had Johnny on board as a team. So we got an offer to, to fly out, work with Johnny. And it, it was a great experience. Like Johnny's amazing producer. Um, obviously, he's a beautiful studio in Italy. So it was quite a nice awesome. deal to get to go over and punch yeah. our ads in Italy, you know. Um, but, you know, we, we were just trying to get going. We were trying to be more professional. And 
we were exploring those routes. It's like, you know, do we need a producer? What sort of team do we need? And when we got working with Johnny, it was a great mind opener. Like he showed us how to work in a studio, how to okay. achieve like a modern production and a track. And so we got a lot of learning um, from that. And were you and, self-managing uh, yourselves at that stage? We, we yeah, we, we kind of always were, you know, mm. we were always trying to do as much as we could for ourselves. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Wormhole, they had some nice um, people working with them, like our yeah. friend Ale, um, who helped us get gigs at the likes of Exit Festival. Um, okay, cool. So like, um, yeah, like our friend uh, Ale, he's, he was a great guy. He, he helped us out with a lot of shows, introducing us to people in bands. And mm. um, then, you know, we came home with the album, did great. Like um, we got a number one with that, with the album, I believe. Right. Um, or we got it up in the charts. And um, then when it came to the second album, we decided to go it completely on our own. Because uh, we were just like, we were doing great. It's it's that time and age. It's just like, you can do a lot yourself. So we wanted to see how much we could do under our own. Um, and we started recording on the second album. I believe we started chatting with Orin at the time. He, he's always been great help to us over the years. Yes, absolutely. Advising yeah. and, you know, then he, he started working alongside us as a team and it's it's been perfect since, you know. Yeah, I mean, how did you get in contact with the master magician himself, Josh, as I call him? Yeah, um, he contacted us, I think, um, around about the time we released for Grise for the Dead. Like, he, okay. he's seen we're working hard and we were looking for good productions. And Josh was, you know, starting to get his, his feet on him with, with good productions and bands were going to him. So we, we were kind of holding back because we, we wanted to see what he wanted to do. And he's had a few shows. We became good friends with him. And then we recorded a When We're Forgotten single up with him. Ah. That's right, and yeah. you know then the friendships were made you know we went up and he did an amazing job and did, yeah. um it's you know it's so great like you know we can go up the road a couple of hours we can go into a nice studio his turnaround his work ethic was great so um it, did it you just for... say a nice studio <laughs> a lovely studio yeah ah so he got rid of the, the shit old one before that then <laughs> I, I think we were in the early iterations ones as well yeah they're, they're... <laughs> We made lovely music in them, so you know, um, <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah, big um, shout out to him, man. Send him the love. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, he, he helped us out big time, um, discovering our sounds, you know, um, what he's, we wanted to do. You know, he, and, is, um, he is one of the best in the business for getting a fantastic metal sound, man. Yeah, he, he's very unkey. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we got in contact with Josh, and then we obviously we came back to him for the full album. Um, we spent a lot of time going over that album and um that all went great you know it, it got great reviews thing. as well man it, you know it really made people sit up and fucking look at yeah, you, you know? um, yeah it, it was great for us because that was us really starting to find our stride how we wanted to write songs the kind of direction we wanted to go you know regrets for the dead was a bit of a mixed mash of you know we have songs from different eras and ideas but um with uh with with pyres it was definitely more you know we're writing songs as a band we have more of an idea of where we yeah. want to go and a lot of them um, came across brilliant live as well. Yeah, so the, after Regrets for the Dead, we, we'd done a few, our first proper tours. You know, we got around Europe, we got a few festival shows. Um, and we started thinking, it's like, there's good songs and then there's good live songs. And, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of want that mix mash of both because we, we really do like putting out a good song you could probably have on the radio or, you know, you could have, um, would be, good, you know, good for the radio, I suppose. But uh, then we got an itch for playing bigger shows and you're like, ah, you kind of need to drink, drag out these heavy sections or um, give it time to, to sink in and stuff. So when it got to Pyres, we were just like, we were very conscious about writing good live tunes because we were getting to that point where we wanted the, the, the live shows to match, our, you know, the energy we were trying to bring to them. So Absolutely, yeah. And 
we'll say at that stage, you know, you had a, maybe one or two videos. Um, how much do you enjoy the whole, whole that whole side of it? It was, it's, it's always weird because, you know, I'm a drummer. I like being backstage, you know, back <laughs> at the stage behind the drums. Um, that's where I'm doing my thing. When it takes a while to get used to the whole being, you know, doing your photo shoots and your um, videos and stuff. So, but like, like everything, it's all part of it. If it makes the music mm. better, if it makes the music get out there to people, you, you get involved in it more. And we always like trying to work with, you know, interesting people that are really good at what to do. Absolutely. So. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it was same with Johnny or the same with um, Josh and the same with the people we got to do the videos like um, Angle. Getting, uh, yeah, um, and we had a few other people uh, early on helping us with the early videos and Andy Pilkington um, as well man he does some great work yeah, shout yeah, out he, Andy he did our yeah geez when we seen that video come back I was so blown away because we we just handed it over to him and he was just like, he's just going to do his own thing. And next thing we get that crazy bloody <laughs> video back and we were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that, that was a really cool experience. And like some of the bands he's worked with is phenomenal. So getting getting to have him work with you, is, it was really cool, you know, yeah. and such a nice guy. Yeah, I was just going to um, say he's a fucking dude and a half as well. It always helps. Yeah, for, for us, it's like we always like try to be as professional as we can on our behalf, but we're not videographers or, you know, producers or anything like that. So we like to try to kind of find the best in the game that, we like to work with, you know, um, and see something we can come up with something together. So yeah, I mean, that's at the back of your mind now with this new album. I mean, Angle has done such great stuff as well. It'd be just interesting to see if you're going to stick with him or bring someone else in. In Ireland alone, man, you're just spoiled for choice. It's such a great um, thing to say about people that uh, work within the video side of things as well. Yeah, some really really talented um, videographers and producers. Yeah, and mm. like def- like Angle uh, or um, he's. He was over with us at the weekend at Bloodstock, helping us get footage and all that. Um, oh, cool! Okay, I didn't know that. So yeah, so we had, I was sat watching Devin Townsend with him. We, we had a good time um, nice. catching up and watching Devin. Um, but you know, we're always going to be working with that guy. He's he's phenomenal. You know, um, mm-hmm. he's he's one of those you know high work ethic, um, really really cool guys. So yeah, uh, we'll always work with people like that. Yeah, and of course he did the Sophie Lancaster uh, Foundation video as well, the Billy Eilish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, it, is that bittersweet kind of being over in Bloodstock with that at the back of your mind? Yeah, because it, and the dates kind of matched up not too far off as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of strange, like when I got there and you see the sign for the stage. And uh, but it's nice, like, you know, so many people do stuff for that, that amazing organization and, you know, such a good cause. And um, to see that stage jammed every weekend, like you, you really tell people stay near that stage. And it's it's it has a really nice vibe around it that everyone goes down there and, and gives great support. Like. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was very nice to go down there and see it. Like you know, what little we could have contributed to it was so nice to be involved, and um, there were such nice people to have us involved. You know. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, would you kind of look at doing covers or anything like that further down the line? I know that's this was a special one, obviously. Um, but is it is it always on the back of your mind to go? Well, I'd love to do this with the band or. Yeah, the, the, there's always a few. We're, you probably do that in rehearsals, Mandy. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we we play some dodgy covers at rehearsal. Yeah, um, go like on, throw a few. We do a very very bad version of Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll never come to the light of day. I hope. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, like uh, you always you always kind of want to play homage to your greats. Like uh, we were on the car on the way home from the festival the other day, and it's like I heard. Um, Lincoln Park come on and I was like geez mm. you know that's that's a band I'd fucking love to play one of their songs live and it's just like you know there's a time and a place for it uh, with with that uh, with the Billy Eilish one that was you know with lockdown we just wanted to try something 
that was just happening there and then. And it was a very interesting experience. But uh, we're, we're very hell-bent on this new music we have coming at the moment. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. As I said, I was just uh, just throwing that in. Just in relation to your own influences, Chase, um, obviously you're Slipknot. Um, but what <laughs> other stuff? Do you like a bit of rock and roll? I like, yeah. You last us to any of the lads. We, we all like quite a, a broad bit of music. Like mm. I came up with very much in the new metal scene, like Korn and Slipknot. And, okay. you know, that's, that's where I came from. But... Um, then you know the last few years I've been getting a bit more into broader things, but uh, Devin Townsend would be a big one for me. So like last weekend was great. Man, there you go, um, but uh, you know like I'd be a big I'd love God, God as an astronaut. Um, so we watch from far. That'd be a big love of mine. Ah, cool. they're, they're, they're supposed to be coming to Cork. Yeah, geez, I, I have I haven't seen either of them live yet. Um, no, I, neither I, have I. I. Yeah, I've loved those bands for years, but uh, I really love that sort of thing. But yeah, we're, we're into everything, like, you know, from classical rock to... Uh, Who's um, got the worst taste, man? Just be straight up. Who's got the worst, the worst taste? The worst taste. Jeez. Uh, for me... Go on, name them and shame them. I'm going to say Ronan and Anger because they, <laughs> I, I've heard them jamming out Katy Perry and stuff a bit too often, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, that's good to hear. <laughs> you know, gonna kill, they'll, they'll kill me for that but nah, yeah please, man. stop listening to Katy Perry <laughs> <laughs> so say five years down the line where do you see boards at Bourne yeah jeez um, I hope more more festivals you look at say Dead Label who who also like had this trajectory and fucking yeah. cut cut Dead um, so let, look if things come right five years down the line you'll have hopefully a brand new album out that's got really great praise from all corners um would you like to be touring america is that too far for us beyond um, the realms are you more interested in just fucking getting into europe and staying around there so we've we've our eyes are very strongly on playing a lot of uk um mm. for the next while like we okay. we played we've played a lot of europe um but just especially after last weekend kind of the reaction and the people we we're talking to is like the, the scene in the UK seems amazing at the moment. Um, yeah. Some and, great bands there, yeah. Yeah, and even the foundation for the bands there is phenomenal because obviously they have a bigger population, um, but the, you know, the community and the support behind it seems great. And we've always wanted to play the UK. It was a big plan for us previous to lock, the, the lockdowns came in. We had, we had UK shows lined up. Um, and, you know, so we, we really want to get in there, play a lot of shows. America is what everybody wants to hit. Um, so that's always down the pipeline. But uh, for us, I think it'd be UK and the, the festival circuit, you know. Yes. That yeah. that that metal festival circuit of if if we can get to download, you know, that's a big tier for us. Mm. Um, getting to the likes of download and stuff, like Bloodstock was the start of that for us. We, we want to be hitting those big okay. milestones and, you know, hopefully eventually hit that right band that takes us out on the road with them. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, <laughs> like America is always the, the dream. And mm. I mean, uh, like big kudos to Dead Label for getting over there. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always thriving you. Yeah, it is possible, man. Zealot Cult from Limerick played America as well, and Stranglewire. So th- did you yeah, see yeah, them yeah. actually? Um, they played no, stuff. They were playing the evening of the day we played the Sunday evening, I believe. Um, mm. And no, I didn't get to see them. Um, I was in an interview or something, but. Uh, I tried yeah, to get Div- to see as, as many as I could, but I heard their show was amazing. And, yeah, they um, have a new new album in the bag as well. Um, what about uh, new Irish acts um, coming through? Um, any ones that grab your attention? Um, geez, I've just been sitting on all the ones I love. Like, I'd be a big Dead Label fan. Uh, I'm, always, mm-hmm. I'm always listening to the Dead Label. 
Okay. Um, the crawling's been catching my eye more and more. You know, those guys are so sound and they're they're doing so well. Um, I find myself constantly listening to them. Um, Baylor's new single has just blown me away. Awesome. I, I've listened to it, I don't know, 50 times since it came out. They have a release um, coming through. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Grace uh, Tag. Grace Tag, yeah. Um, then the... Something I'm really excited for, you know, the, the Shirey album. Um, there's some cracking songs on that. I, I can't wait for people to put through, you know. Yeah, that's um, interesting, man. Did, did you contribute to that, Jess? Yeah, I'm on two songs. Okay, um, cool. Um, what kind of songs are there? So I'm... Drumming on a song, um, it's kind of like my sugar oh, nice. style. It pretty right. out of my ballpark, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it was like doing a bloody maths course all over again, trying to figure out how to play along to it. But um, <laughs> uh, that was good. And then I got to write a song with it, uh, me and Tony and my brother. Um, okay. I, Tony Carberry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I wrote. I know it's Gojira esque ambient metal, a little bit of black okay. metal vibe to it. Um, nice. Just nice. a little bit different to enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's coming out. Geez, I, I'm just trying to, I'm waiting for people to drop stuff, you know. Mm. Uh, people are so hesitant with if they should drop stuff at the moment or not. And yeah, um, I think anybody of um, just any of the bigger bands um, that we all love anyway have all got their stuff. Um, but again, they're just sitting on it and waiting and watching. And yeah, um, everybody, everybody wants to tour the music, which is mm, understandable, you know. Yeah. But I mean, look, you know, if we get a single or two from a few of those bands in the next month or two months, it'll keep us going. It'll keep us certainly talking about the Irish metal scene anyway, you know. Definitely so. And that's that's our plan as well. Like we we really want to give an album out because, you know, we're sitting on something we, we love. So but mm. uh, we're, we're going to keep putting out some singles because there's a few curveballs in it sound wise. Um, it sounds like it, man. And, yeah. you know, well done for doing that. Um, we, we're just trying to push the boat and see what kind of catches people's ears, you know. So we're going to put out a few different ones and see what people like. And then hopefully next year we'll, we'll be dropping a, a, a brand new album for everybody. Yeah, excellent stuff, man. Thanks for coming on the show, Jason. A big shout out to Ronnie, Shane and Joe as well of the band. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure, man. Take care. You too.